You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. All first-time listeners, we'd like to give you a big welcome. Thank you for being here, and to everyone who is returning, I am your host, your disturbed, definitely never reserved host, Mr. Aaron Bass. And alongside me is always operating from his workstation, pulling all the levers, spinning all the dials, pushing all the buttons, is everyone's favorite gesture of choice, the mad scientist himself, the master of productions of everything WMP, Mr. Chris Morgan. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing well, and I don't think I have enough adjectives. <laughs> you I don't have enough needs- adjectives to keep up, but that's all right. I'll, 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 I'll make up for you. Yeah, please do. I mean, you know, come on, step it up next time. Absolutely. As and how always. are you, sir? Oh, dude, I'm getting ready for the new year. I can't believe that this, I mean, I'm happy that it's over with, you know, given everything that has happened this past year. Uh, But still, I just, I can't believe that, uh, I mean, my daughter was born uh, at the beginning of November of 2020. So this, I mean, ever since then, I know we spoke about it in a previous podcast, ever since my daughter was born, it's like someone has hit the fast forward button of my life. And this has absolutely been the fastest year I have ever lived in my entire life. I cannot believe that it has gone as fast as, as it has. But at the same time, uh, given everything that's happened uh, externally, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not talking about anything internally because I've, I've been trying to figure out how to slow time down ever since my daughter was born. But given everything that's happening in the world externally outside of our house, I am definitely happy that 2021 is over. Or almost over. There's a lot that's happened this year. Really? <laughs> yeah, kidding. we'll we'll just we'll just not even touch on that. I'm kidding. Yeah, we'll just leave that one alone. But yeah, one of the biggest things that's happened this year, uh, especially since the movie studio had an additional entire year to do something with the movie itself, and this was what we got. Uh, one of the biggest anticipatory projects for Halloween fans this year was the release of Halloween Kills back out on October the 15th. And then fast forward a little over two months later, and for an additional $20, you could get uh, a couple of featurettes and a whole four minutes more of film work that wasn't seen in the original October 15th release for an additional $20. Uh, we're here this evening to discuss Halloween Kills, the extended cut and its release and, you know, what all they gave you for your additional $20. If you happen to opine for that additional $20 on top of the cost of the original October 15th movie ticket or the cost of the uh, the Peacock streaming service of viewing that, that when it originally came out. Personally, I was. I was okay with what I got on Peacock, to be honest with you. I, I just, and I, I know we'll talk about it and there's going to be some people out there listening and go like, well, here he goes hating on the new movie again. No, I just was like for, for 20 bucks and just basically extensions of scenes. And that's all that it was. Yeah, and you know, for everybody that wants to say, oh, there he goes, hey, you're on the new movie again. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off, get your own podcast and talk about it. But yeah, exactly. You just hit on my main point, man. For $20, I mean, okay, you know what? To most people, when, you know, when we're a country that, you know, that writes off, you know, uh, executive bills in Congress that, you know, deal in trillions of dollars and we turn on the printing presses and don't give two fucking shits about it. Okay. Maybe $20 isn't shit anymore, but I'm sorry. Uh, you like me was raised in old school. And I remember being a teenager and back in the day, $20 was like a hundred dollars. Okay. So, uh, I, I still very much hold on to that mentality and maybe $20 doesn't buy me 
uh, what it used to and what I think it should. Uh, but $20 is still $20 to me. So when I offer up $20 and all I get is an additional four, barely four minutes of additional footage and a couple of featurettes that I probably could have, you know, uh, turned on YouTube and found, you know, other YouTube content creators, you know, offered up for free. Uh, yeah, I'm a little pissed. Um, dude, uh, has there ever been an extended cut release of a film that has pissed you off like it has me i mean usually when you like a film which i'm not saying i liked the you know the theatrical release i'm just saying you know usually when an extended cut comes out okay as a fan if you are a fan of the film okay the extended cut is something that you like and you look forward to and you know it strikes additional you know good feeling chords for you uh, I'm somebody that when, you know, the extended cut came out, it pissed me off more than the fucking theatrical release. When was the last time that you can say, in a, you know, an extended cut uh, version pissed you off more than the extent than the actual theatrical release or something? Ooh, I don't know. Um, Has it ever? It doesn't come to the forefront in my of my brain. So I, I, I can't say that I've ever had this feeling before. Exactly. It is a brand new feeling. And as a feeling, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Nope. 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 That wasn't it either. <laughs> it was a brand new feeling for me. And I'm sure for you. Wait, 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 you, wait. No, maybe no, what? No, no that maybe, wasn't it either. No, maybe? No, no I, I can't. I can't say. Bunch of pile of bucket of crap. But see, here's here's the thing. I watched I watched all the extended scenes on YouTube. You know. Oh, see. So oh, okay. So you did take the cheap way out. Smart of course, man. I did because I, I was like, <laughs> I was like twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. I'm like, I could rent. A high def porn. I know you can get porn for free, okay? <laughs> so I'm not stupid, but I'm like, I can rent a high porn def hub. porn and jack off, and I can save myself twenty bucks. There you go. So I'm like, why would I pay twenty dollars for something I didn't even, I didn't even need to see? Yeah, and you know what? Let's let's face it. Uh, the additional barely four minutes long of of uh, theatrical or, or not theatrical but of extended footage okay uh it amounted to uh extended kill scenes uh with everyone's favorite villain uh it extended to uh, a morgue scene that very much uh struck some uh john carpenter body vags vibes um and and this is what really pissed me off, dude. This this is what really pissed me off. Uh, a hedge scene, okay? Uh, a, a, a little boy Lonnie hedge scene that very much uh, struck the, the chords back to the original uh, 78 with the uh, Annie and Laurie hedge scene. Uh, the, this is little boy Lonnie hedge scene. And dude... That hedge scene, I thought it was fucking awesome. Other than the, and I know John Carpenter mm. and his son did mm. the fucking soundtrack. Mm. So, but mm. dude, what what the fuck was the what with the remix of the of the Halloween no, theme? That wasn't that? it. It, I I I've said this in a lot of different episodes and for those that listen to every episode that actually retain some of the things that I say are going to say, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this, but, but I'm going to say it anyway, for, for those that don't retain or first time listeners. When you do some of these callbacks, you're, you're, you're saying to the audience, Hey, do you remember that one time we did something really cool, but so we're going to do it like that again, but we're just not going to do it as well. And that's what this was because 
in the original scene, okay, in the in, in that hedge scene, you see him go back behind the bush. You don't see his fucking feet walking away. It's like almost like he disappears. So when you see his feet walking away, then disappearing behind the bush in the in this one, and then there's nothing but a house there. You can't say, well, where did he go? You saw him walking almost right into the house. To the wall of the house that's right there, right behind the bush. So I'm just like, if we could have done without seeing his feet walk away, nah, would have been a cool scene. I would have been like, now that's fucking awesome. That's awesome. But the fact that you showed his feet walking away ruined that little flashback scene for me. Well, listen, and I don't, I don't take anything away from that criticism. Um, I went back and I watched that scene multiple times. Uh, you did see two steps worth of his feet. You know, one, two. Two too step. many. Two too many, absolutely. But the thing is, by the time you got past the second step, you didn't see any more of his steps, okay? And I'm operating simply from, you know, little boy Lonnie's point of view, okay? That hedge went all the way to the side of the house, which, by the way, i just like to take this moment to point out, um, there was the telephone pole and there was the hedge there. And if you go back to the original Halloween 2, that whole house, once Lonnie's looking at it, once he gets past the hedge, the telephone pole right there, that very much harkens back to the original Elrod house and Halloween 2. So, yeah, again, it's like, hey, you, you, you know, you go for the look of a movie that you saw fit to retcon, but yet you're, you're taking stuff from. How nice is that? But anyways, okay, little boy Lonnie's point of view. Okay, okay, we see two steps, and then we don't see any steps in that. The, the, the hedge goes all the way to the house. There's no way around it, so he disappears. Okay, where the fuck did he go? Okay, well, that to me, I, I, I mean, dude, honestly, I, the sea the, and the, the two feet, it, it, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. And it didn't bother me for this bigger point, or what I would like to think is a bigger point. Okay, I love that scene because it harkened back to the original 78. What pissed me off about that scene not being included is, okay, you go through all the trouble to film this scene that harkens back to the original film scene in 78. And it hints at something, okay? It hints that, hey, this is the boogeyman. Okay, yeah. Maybe you saw him take two steps, you know, uh, past the fucking bush. You didn't see the third step because all of a sudden he's gone. He has spared. Where the fuck did he go? Well, he's a boogeyman. He's a force of nature. You, who, he's supernatural, blah, 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 blah. Well, that, that to me is what really pisses me off because it, that to me, it's like David Gordon Green. You filmed that scene and then you didn't include it. Why didn't you include it? Well, to me. I can only conclude that you didn't include it because you don't know what the fuck you're doing with your villain. You don't know if you want them to be something that's supernatural or, you know, something that's human based because you don't film a scene like that unless he is something supernatural. Because like I said, the, the hedge extends all the way to the side of the house. Okay. Uh, where did he go? Well, it's just like the scene in the original 78 with Annie and Lori. Well, where did he go? Well, he disappeared. Okay, well, why? How did, oh, he's, a, he's a force. In it. Let's just leave it at that, okay? The best villains, just like John Carpenter alluded to years ago, you don't give reasons for them. They just are. You don't go explaining shit because that takes away from them, okay? Well, you film that scene because he's the boogeyman. And then you didn't include it because, well, in your mind, you don't know if he's the boogeyman or not. You don't know exactly what the fuck you're doing with him or not. You still don't know what the fuck you're doing. You had a whole extra year to decide on what you wanted to do with this movie, and you still don't know what the fuck you're doing with your main villain. That's what that scene says to me. Yeah. 
you know, and, and again, it goes back to saying, hey, here's a really cool take from 78. We're just not going to do it as well. But yeah, I, I totally, I totally get your point. Um, I agree with most of it, but I still think that if he just disappeared behind the hedge completely, like he did in the original 78, it would have, it would have had a lot more power than seeing his feet because the whole point of him. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I I absolutely agree with you. The, the whole point of him in the first one disappearing behind the bush and then them going up and finding him was you didn't see where he went and then he's just gone. That that's what was scary about it. And it was like, whoa, yeah, this is kind of creepy. Where the fuck did he go? But in this one, it's like, you know where he went. So <laughs> it's just in, in, in retrospect, in retrospect, if you're David Gordon Green and you're filming that scene, you would have told whoever you had playing Myers in that particular scene. OK, so you step behind the bush and then you don't take any further steps. You don't take any further steps because I don't want to see your fucking feet. I don't want to give the audience an idea of, you know, you're, you're walking behind the bush and, and so on and so forth. I want to give the illusion that you go behind the bush and you're gone, you know, hearkening back to the original scene from 78, which we are hearkening back to by even filming the scene. OK, but I mean, just on a, on a bigger picture scale. I looked past being able to see, you know, the, the two footsteps, you know, the two initial steps, you know, that he took behind the fucking bush. And I looked at it as on a bigger scene and like, hey, you went through all the trouble of filming the scene and then you chose not to include it. Well, why would you choose not to include such a fucking, you know, tug on your heartstrings, harken back to the original 78 scene? Uh, could it be because, oh, well, oh, I, I, I the scene looked good on paper to me, but when I actually saw it, I was like, oh, no, that's that's not exactly what I'm what I'm going for with the villain. And I said, well, what the fuck are you going for then? I don't you think know, they know. I think they're just going for the for the cash cow person. I don't think they have a fucking clue at this point, dude. I really don't. I really fucking don't. I mean, well, what, wait for Halloween ends. It's got to be better, right? Yeah, it's going to be the bestest ever. You know, complete with its politics and 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 face mask wearing and and so on. Which, uh, yeah, you know what? That that's another thing. The film, and I know uh, we're kind of harping back, harkening back to a previous subject matter when we're talking about the movie as a whole. But you know, the movie as a whole, to me, I don't care if you watch the theatrical release or the extended cut. Uh, the movie as a whole to me was kind of like chaos without a purpose. And when you take that in as a whole and you take into account the fact that Halloween ends is going to have to like, you know, uh, take 2018 and Halloween kills and sum them up and put a pretty nice bow on them and, or supposed to anyway, and, and, and be the, you know, the uh, the climax uh to the original two it's like uh, you take the ending and i don't care if you take the ending the theatrical cut or the extended cut and it's like how do you accomplish that when you take halloween ends and you're going to be you know putting it four years in the future I, i i don't get that because to me the ending in the extended cut uh that's an, that's another thing. The ending with the extended cut with the whole, you know, uh, him, you know, they don't show it, of course. But, you know, he he answered uh, Karen's phone when Laurie was, you know, calling it. From I the hospital phone. Oh, dude, I love that. I'm and like, that why, was, why was that not the ending? That was another thing that pissed me the fuck off. It's, that's why I said it. it's like I've never seen an extended version of a film that has pissed me off. Like this one. I mean, it's like, why? And and what what pisses me off even more is uh the 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 king regurgitator of 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 previous horror, especially since now we found out that you know he's been called on to 
you know, to regurgitate and 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 redo the uh, the you know the original Exorcist film, which he says is going to be a continuation of the original Exorcist, which just makes me shake in my boots, which you know makes me think about what he did with the continuation of the original Halloween. It's like why. I mean, he, he gave the explanation of, oh, it just it, it helps the audience flow better, you know, into into Halloween ends. And it's like, how does your your shortcut ending make it flow better into Halloween ends? Because quite frankly, when you take into account that Halloween ends is supposed to, you know, uh, take into account everything of 2018 and Halloween kills. And wrap it up into a nice little bow and uh, nice little bow and, and be the ultimate conclusion to the two previous films. Your shortcut little ending doesn't do that. Okay. I agree. Your original ending that again harkens back to a scene out of the original 78 with him breathing on the other end of the phone that you know Lori's on the other end of, you know, that actually uh it pays a good homage to the original and also sets up your film that's going to be four years jutted into the future. I mean, that to me is the ultimate send off for a film that isn't even going to take place, you know, at the culmination of events of your previous two films, but jump four years in the future. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, I mean, the, to, to see the extended cut ending as it was, and then you know you take into account the theatrical cut ending, and them leaving out that whole scene with him, well, I mean, with her calling up Karen's phone and him being the one to answer, and in 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 place of that, we got the commentary that Jamie Lee Curtis gave, and her just walking out of the hospital. It's like, really. And and what about you being a good director made you opt for the theatrical cut ending as opposed to the extended cut, and 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 you thought the theatrical cut ending was the better one to help audiences, you know, jump four years into the into the future for your you know your upcoming film really, you know, kind of the same decision making process as to you know you not knowing exactly what the fuck you're doing with your main villain. You know, as to leaving the Lonnie Hedge scene out. I mean, I know, man. It, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It makes less sense to me than what they did with the fucking 2018 version. I mean, it's gone from bad, and I've become more accepting of 2018 as time has gone on. But I'm just Nev? thinking back. I'm I'm thinking back to my initial reactions of 2018, man. It's gone from bad to worse. It really has. It's gone from bad to worse because just let's just zero in on the extended cut for you know for right now because that's supposed to be the main topic matter of 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 this episode. Okay, correct. So yep. the extended cut. What do we get in the extended cut? We get barely four minutes of additional footage, and the majority of the additional footage. Is just extended kills my, with Michael Myers, okay? We get uh, an extended kills firefighter scene where uh, Myers goes from three strokes and a drawback to three strokes and a drawback and an additional stroke. So right. four, four strokes instead of three and a drawback, okay? And then we've got the, uh, the, the scene that and I mean, quite frankly, man, if I'm Nick Castle, I'm feeling a little fucking insulted at this point. But uh, we get the, the drone slash castle scene where Myers was fixing his hand up. You know, initially, uh, that's, that was another scene that really pissed me off because I was looking at it from the perspective of the original Halloween 2. It's like, oh, okay. So right. in the, go ahead. I'm going to break it down for you even simpler. This was surely the filmmaker saying, let's bandage up the hand so we don't have to um, have the makeup department have to dress that every single time. Oh, dude, you just made it even worse for me. No, I'm serious. That's exactly what it was. Like when 
when when I was watching it the first go around and I saw the just like before the extended scenes and I just saw the bandage on his hand, I'm like, oh, that's a cop out. I'm like, they just didn't want to hire more makeup people to have to do the makeup on that every single time and get the continuity right. That That's all that was. Well, that's why I say you made it worse for me because I had not even contemplated that. But now that you brought it to my attention, it's like, yeah, you know what? You're if I had if I was a betting man and I had to bet money on that actually being true, yeah, I would. I would not bet against it. So now you just made it even worse and you pissed me off even more. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but well, having... you didn't you didn't do it. They <laughs> I did know, it. I know, but you know, I kind of told you the movie magic of why it happened. I mean, I we used to do shit like that in the making films all the time. It's like, well, we don't have the makeup girl here on this day. Let's come up with a creative way to write around it. I mean, it you was know, never blowing someone's fingers off, but you know, we there there was other instances where we had to do things like that. So great, yeah. Now we have a cop out. So the whole reason for him having a bandage on his fucking hand is because of a fucking, you know, a cop out, you know, on the directorial side of things. Oh, that makes it even better. Right. So much more work. Your fucking $20 for the extended cut. Great. But anyways, moving past that, we have the Karen morgue scene which did strike uh, very reminiscent chords of John Carpenter and body bags. Yep. Uh, the, the only thing that could have made that scene better for me, because I actually liked that scene because while I'm watching it, I was like, dude, this is like John Carpenter and body bags. And then they show the, the more guy there. And I'm like, that looked like John Carpenter. It did with shorter hair. Yep. And I'm like, dude, you, you, you should have got somebody with longer gray hair that actually looked like John Carpenter in body bags. That would have paid the ultimate homage to body bags. That would have that scene would have struck it out of the fucking park. I love I that scene. I didn't like the dialogue in it, though. No, you're not supposed to be here. It's like, yeah. really, dude, you, you just said that and you feel the reason to be all that much more dramatic about it. Like, that's going to make a difference. He's like, I I'm mean, in the middle of taking a shite. Well, you know what? You, to pay the ultimate homage to body bags, you could have done something more along the lines of, you know, John Carpenter's character in body bags. Like, you're not supposed to be here, my dear. You know, something something like that. I mean, something with, you know, the ultimate kind of like, uh, you know, nonchalant. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dealer in death here. And, you know, that's my business. Killing Ooh. is my business and business is good type deal and just you know made him like smile and laugh about it instead of you know the the old man with all of a sudden got a stick shoved up his ass you're not supposed to be here even it though it would have been cool if he would have turned around and said oh you're a hunting it ain't you i've been hunting the <laughs> bastard for 30 years give or take <laughs> come close a time or two too damn close something along those lines yeah yeah See, that also would have been paying homage to a, a film that they saw fit to retcom but steal from, but ultimately they didn't. But yeah, still, that would have been cool because I really liked that scene. Because from the from the time that scene like started, I was like, hmm, this reminds me of body bags. And then they showed the guy, you know, who de- you know, who delivers his line, you know, like all calm and shit first. And I'm like, that actually looks like John Carpenter with short hair. I love that. I love that scene. And then they had to fuck it up with, you know, him like all of a sudden it's like, dude, what just got like literally shoved up your ass to make, oh, you could be here. Like, really? Dude, he ate, yeah. a taco, he ate at Taco Bell the night before. That must have been it. Yeah. They're grade D beef tacos. Mm. I like it a lot. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own blend. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Okay. Oh, what was past that? Oh, okay. Big John, the extent uh, again, we get in another extended kill scene with everyone's favorite villain. Uh, this one being Big John's extended death scene to where his eyes pop like little eggs Ugh. out of their shells. Ugh. 
and somewhere in the background the the uh the flamingos i only have eyes for you i thought that dude given the given big john's musical taste shouldn't that have been playing in the background when they when they did that scene for real mm-hmm. i agree absolutely I mean, I saw that and I was like, cool, they just popped like eggs. And given Big John's musical taste, where was uh, it's been most recently promoted in an Amazon commercial with the, uh, you know, with the old black couple. I only have eyes. Well, shouldn't have that been playing in the background when when Myers off Big John? Hell yeah, it should have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then let's see what else was there. Oh, we got an extended look of evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. As if we didn't have enough of it. Yeah. As as if there wasn't enough of that already. Yeah. We got an extended look of the evil dies tonight crowd at the hospital, you know, and then um, let's see. I think the only thing, uh, uh, extended on the list other than you know the uh, extended care and kill scene is uh the extended uh uh myers kills the mob scene and and you know stabs tommy with the bat scene yeah yeah which i mean i like i mean i'm i'm all for more gratuitous violence (laughs) really i'm all dude I, i given the fact that I, I still can't come to grips with, you know, the guy playing Tommy Doyle in this movie is the nerdy guy from the breakfast club. And he plays and Rust, such and rusty Griswold. Yeah, that too. And, and he plays such an annoying, obnoxiously annoying Tommy Doyle that it's like, I was rooting for him to be killed off in that scene. The fact that, you know, Myers, you know, you bashes his brains in uh, uh supposedly and then bashes his brains in with you know with such force that he cracks the bat and then it fucking stabs him with it i mean i was all for that i'm like yes that motherfucker ain't coming back he is gone he is gone in the left field he ain't coming back so yeah i i don't know like there's been so many people that have bagged on um yeah um god his name draws a blank to me at this point the guy who played hall thank you my god i should be shot for that yeah you should kind of but no i mean the whole extended kills experience like befuddles your mind yeah it clouds it but 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 see the thing is is so many people like bagged on him i'm like i eh, he didn't like i said in, in in the in the kills breakdown episode he didn't bother me as as much as I thought he was going to. If that makes sense. Well, you know, given the fact that he's an established actor, you know, from like back in the day, like back in the day when we were kids, Mm -hmm. you know, established actor. If I was him, I would have been looking at David Gordon Green and being like, okay, dude, you're retconning all the other sequels, right? Okay. So your main villain has only killed three people. Okay. And uh, all he did was terrorize me and, you know, my babysitter and, and the little girl that my babysitter, you know, took on halfway through the night back on Halloween night, 1978. And yet uh, this has so traumatized me you know, a couple of like fleeting split second glimpses of him. Okay. Because quite frankly, the character of Tommy Doyle, he got what a split second glimpse of Michael Myers in the hallway scene, right Mm -hmm. after he said, you can't kill the boogeyman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm as a kid, I'm so traumatized by this guy that I only got a split second glimpse of who ultimately never succeeded in doing anything to me, my babysitter, or, you know, uh, my next door neighbor, a girl that my babysitter took on halfway through the night. So we're just going to like take shots about it every Halloween night from here on out from the time, you know, presumably I'm old enough to drink or probably a few years before that. And 
if you go as far as to look into the novelization of Halloween Kills, uh, it affected my it affected my life so bad that you know it made me a bad boy and it it, it gave me some you know uh, uh, some societal issues where I don't get along with people very well and this that and what. it's like really what what the fuck is this dude's problem it's like that's the kind of reaction that you would get some somebody you know who had a run in with the boogeyman who the boogeyman ended up coming back to do all the things that he did to my town of Haddonfield in the sequel movies the same sequel movies you're now retconning and acting like they didn't exist but you know you're like having me act like this guy who's you know wearing this like this 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 thing around my fucking you know like like crack around my fucking my crack cocaine monkey around my fucking shoulder like this is thing i've never been able to get over when the only encounter i ever had with him was a few split seconds of him being in the background coming up my stairs before my babysitter you know told me to go running out of the house and running for help and 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 oh, oh by the way uh that's where everything ended because uh, after he gets shot out of the house, you know, shot out of my, my second story house window, uh, he goes running back to his house like some little bitch. Like, oh, you know, uh, I, I went through all the trouble of setting up this, you know, this uh, this this mousetrap uh, for for Laurie Strode, you know, the sadistic mousetrap. Oh, well, uh, my doctor finds me and I get shut out of a window. So Oops, I did the best that I could. Let me run back home now and, and look out my, my sister's window like uh, like I don't know what to do next. Really? I mean, if, if I was David, Anthony Michael Hall, I, I would have been looking at the director and being like, I think we need to tone down some of Tommy's rage because I think you're making it kind of misplaced because it's like, if I'm, Tom, if I'm playing Tommy Doyle in this movie what's what's the real source of all my rage here because it's just for yeah, real, what is it I, I i totally agree with you on that i i think a lot of problems you got a few things going on i'm i mean okay I'll, I'll just start with the obvious obviously anthony michael hall no disrespect was there for a paycheck okay he was there for a paycheck. He was paid to do a job. I don't think he did as much studying as you're giving him credit for. On um, He just looked at it as, oh, well, I'm supposed to be this tortured paycheck. kid. Yeah, yeah he, he, I'm supposed to play this tortured kid coming back after 40 years, and now it's my job to try to save the town. I think I don't think he he looked below the surface much further than that. Number two, you have to consider, once again, the script and the dialogue, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bone to work with because there, there, there were some established actors in this movie that seemed like that. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have said it It seemed like that, that they forgot how to act. And (laughs) that only goes back to once again, poor script, poor dialogue, but ultimately, man, Bad direction. Bad direction, bad execution. And there's going to be a lot of people that love kills that are that, that are going to shit all over that opinion. And that's fine. That's my fucking opinion. But I've worked in the industry before. It, it's it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science to figure out if you have good actors, which Anthony Michael Hall is a good actor. Yes, he is. And his acting is shit in this movie. It can be one of very few things after that. The director, the script, or the dialogue. It's either one of the three or a combination of all. So the fact that that we're talking about this and talking about how bad that was and how bad he was in this film I don't blame that on him. And I think that a lot of people are saying that he was the wrong choice. He was this. I would like to see Anthony Michael Hall with a better direction, better script, better, better dialogue. 
and then seeing what i mean we'll we'll never get it but then seeing what he was capable of of pulling tommy off because when i started seeing him in the trailer and seeing him like in like movie stills i'm like okay yeah he's not my first choice for tommy doyle as far as the look goes because i still have paul rudd burned into my memory banks that'll never go away to me he's always going to be the adult tommy doyle but didn't happen okay cool but looking at it from from the perspective i was like okay yeah it's a little different of a tommy but anthony michael hall's a good actor he's going to be able to make chicken salad out of chicken shit and unfortunately he took chicken shit and just smeared it around a little bit because there was no direction there was there was no good script or dialogue for him to work off of and he just said okay well fuck it i'm getting paid for this motherfucker i'm just gonna do it and did it and that's what we got well you could look at it as this way too i mean believe me paul rudd's forever you know burned into my head as is the adult tommy doyle but when i saw this i was thinking to myself i was like yeah well you know paul rudd's always going to hold that special place but at the same time uh this is tommy doyle 26 years after you know we saw tommy doyle being played by paul rudd so could he be you know uh you know a an overweight bald guy 26 years later it's like yeah he could be no because paul rudd still looks exactly the same well paul rudd takes care of himself exactly so if paul rudd is burned into my memory banks as tommy doyle then he's gonna look like paul rudd in 2021 (laughs) well that's a tommy doyle that takes care of himself and anthony michael halls was obviously a tommy doyle character that you know, couldn't get past his, you know, split second traumatic, you know, post traumatic syndrome that, you know, turned into, you know, a teenage and then adult rage. And, and that's what we have. True. No, you're absolutely right. And I just had to hark on something real quick too. I mean, I unfortunately was not able to be in on the festivities of uh, of spooky this year, and uh, and watch Halloween Kills with uh, with the group, um, like y'all did. Um, I did have my uh, my wife, whose uh, birthday happened to fall on the release day of Halloween Kills, and she looked at me and said, "You know, I I want to see a new. I, I've never seen you know a Halloween movie with you, so I." You know, I, I want to see a Halloween movie with you for the first time, and I want it to be just us. So, I mean, how can I turn down a request like that? Yeah, sure. Pa- pause real quick. She still hasn't seen a Halloween film in theaters. <laughs> no, yeah, no, she hasn't. <laughs> we were going to see. We're we were going to go to the drive to the drive-in and see it, but I was. I mean, it got to be that night, and I was just like, "Do you really want to go drive out all the way there when we can just sit here and, and have and have drinks and watch it from?" And she's like, "Dad, no, let's stay here." Huh? Yeah, drive-in would have been cool. Drive-in would have been cool, but I was kind of thinking too. I was like, "If we go to the drive-in and we have drinks, I'm going to be pissed off if this movie isn't what it's you know if this movie is what I think it's going to be, and I'm going to be out in public and I'm going to be cussing the movie out and drawing unwanted attention to us. So it's like we might not want to be." I public. just would have crawled in the back and made another baby, but that's me. Well, that's how she would have got me to shut up, most likely. No, I I just wouldn't have let it get to that point. I've been like, hey, you want to get in the back and fuck or what? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm romantic like that. That's what I do. I'm romantic too, but I mean, if something needs to be called out, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna be pissed off and call it out. You know, especially opening night. And it's like, dude, you had a whole extra fucking year to do something with this movie, and this is what you fucking gave us? Really? Yeah, at that point, I'm going to be a little bit perturbed. Well, every time that the producers say, hey, we're going to hold off for a year, run for the hills, because um, the last time they put it off an entire year was Halloween Resurrection, and we all see how that kind of turned out, because I like the original version of Resurrection better, but that's, that's just me. Yeah, no, I I like the original version of Resurrection myself, too. But, I mean, from the get-go, I mean, this movie rubbed me the wrong way. It really did. Because 
how does the movie start? I mean, it starts with Lonnie Jr., you know, uh, coming, you know, coming upon a Hawkins, laying out, bleeding out in the middle of the fucking street. Okay. Last time we saw Officer Hawkins, he got run over. Not only was he rub- run over, okay, he was stabbed under the left ear in the side of his neck. Uh, if my mother had me help her train for a, a, for a, or a CNA license back in the day. Uh, and if I remember those, uh, if I, if I remember those lessons correctly, uh, underneath the left ear is the carotid artery. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where Dr. Sartain stabbed our good officer Hawkins. So being stabbed in the carotid artery. Okay. Which is, not but not even a full foot away from your heart uh he should have been bled out within like 90 seconds that was it he's toast okay but not only is he still alive after being stabbed in, you know right in the carotid artery or just around the carotid artery and run over okay but officer hawkins is so much of a bad motherfucker not only did he survive all of that, which has me wondering, does he have a little bit of Michael Myers in him as well? But when he is stirred back awake from Lonnie Jr., who finds him and who ultimately, you know, helps save him, okay, uh, what's the first thing he says? Uh, evil dies tonight, and I'm going to be the one to kill him. Really, dude? Mm-hmm. That that's what's on your mind. You're that much of a bad motherfucker to where you are so pissed. You're not even pissed at the guy who just fuck, fucking stabbed you and ran you over. You're you're pissed at you know the whole reason for this being. You're pissed at Myers and and you're going to be the one to take him out. Yep. Like you are one bad motherfucker, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not buying that. I'm I'm, I'm just not buying that. Bro, there's a lot about this movie I don't buy, but you know, people don't look deeper than the surface. They just say, "Oh, there's a high body count. It is really violent. It's got to be good." That's dope. That's fire. Well, you know what? On that note, I would like to share something with you and with our audience uh, that is, I feel, is very, very relevant. I feel it's very relevant to the original Halloween and the original Halloween sequel. I feel it's very relevant to these sequels and to the character and idea behind Michael Myers as a whole. Um, this just happened to pop up in my uh, my Google News stream um, a couple of weeks ago. Out of the I, I was not searching for it. I was just scrolling through my Google News stream. And this just happened to be picked out for me. And I thought, hmm, what is that about? And I happened to read it. And part of the article, which is a, a personal account uh, by the writer of this article, really like, stuck with me. And it really summed up for me uh, the Halloween slash Michael Myers experience uh, better than I could ever do, which is why I wanted to share it with you. Okay. And our audience. Okay, so this is an article off of medium.com. The author is Miss Natasha Troop. And the actual title of the article is How Halloween 1978 Helped Me Control My Fear of the Boogeyman. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, the part of the article which I would like to read for you all uh, goes a little bit like this. And she, just just for reference, she in this article, I mean, she she from the intro, she lets you know that uh, when she refers to the evil in her article, she's referring to Michael Myers and she's referring to Michael Myers as the evil, because that's something that stuck with her that Dr. Loomis referenced, you know, Michael Myers as the evil, you know, the evil is gone from here, the evil. OK, so uh, reading from her article. Of all horror antagonists and monsters, I've always been most frightened of the evil because there is no reason to it or reasoning with it. 
All Dr. Loomis wants is to either contain it or destroy it because he, knowing it better than anyone else, fears it most of all. It is simply the worst thing that can be imagined in singular human-like form. Unlike the mindless killing machine in Spielberg's Jaws, which I saw when I was five from the roof of my mother's station wagon at a drive-in, my older siblings ripping my security blanket from my hand so I could not use it to protect myself from the subsequent years of believing the ocean, assuredly hid hungry killing machines swimming in wait to devour an innocent child such as myself. The evil is an exemplar of the darkest potential of human intelligence and existence. It orchestrates its escape and hunts its victims, not only in a cunning manner, but in a twisted and frightening way, indicating the killing is not its only source of entertainment or fulfillment. The evil is both deliberate and unknowable, which makes it a deeply horrifying being to contemplate. So why would I watch Halloween, let alone revisit it time and time again? Why watch any horror film? I will address the complex topic as simply such as I can. I allow the characters on screen to face what scares me. Dr. Loomis confronts the evil, and although he fails to destroy it, he does dispel it as Father Dyer and Cross do the demon in the original Exorcist. Jamie Lee Curtis's final iconic girl, iconic final girl survives because she doesn't give up trying to live despite having no rational reason to believe otherwise. Films such as Halloween allow me to rationally deal with the knowledge that real evil exists in the world. And while it cannot be defeated, it can be diverted or at least put off for a little while. And I can move beyond the waking nightmares of my youth and divert the small evils as I can. And then the article goes on for a little bit uh, but she does actually opine on Halloween kills, which I would also like to uh, touch upon. A final note on the 2021 Halloween kills release. This may be the stupidest horror film ever. Every character is really dumb, including Myers himself. No longer quite the evil because of something about a childhood window. I don't know. But he's something devolved into a killing spree, supernatural Jason Voorhees clone at this point who can deliver some good bloody kills, but is not quite the boogeyman as he used to be and just makes for some idiotic choices for a previously clever enigma. Mm. That goes back to what we talked about earlier. You take everyone's favorite horror villain who took six slugs, which by the way, um, where's, where's the bloody overalls when Myers is captured, when Myers is, 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 is choking. You're not supposed to ask those questions. Just accept it. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, no, I'm not supposed to be a critical thinker. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to assume that Dr. Loomis is such a bad fucking shot that Michael Myers was faking being hit by all those slugs and just threw himself over the over uh, the Doyle's second floor fucking, you know, uh, uh, you know, st- uh, balcony and onto the ground so he could escape. You know, he has no reason to be bloody, even though the young officer Hawkins, you know, uh, kneels down to the grass, similar to how Dr. Loomis kneeled down to the grass at the beginning of Halloween, too, and wrings his hand in the grass and brings his hand up to find blood between his fingers. But, oh, by the way, uh, when we actually catch Michael Myers close up, when he's strangling Officer Hawkins' partner, nope, no bullet holes, no bloody go- no bloody overalls at all whatsoever. No, none at all. Nope. 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 Take that like a piece of paper, like a bad note, throw it, crunch it up like a piece of paper, throw it over your shoulder. Don't give it a second fucking thought. No critical fucking thinkers here, you know. There's, there, you know, there's, there's no lineage from one movie to the other, even though that's the one we're directly referencing. No, 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 you, 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 you can't have that. You can't. No critical thinkers allowed here. 
No, you're just you're just supposed to fucking go into the movie theater, get a hard on and whip it out and jack off as the movie's going along. Be a fanboy. Shut up and give us your fucking money. Agreed. Yeah, sorry, yep. that ain't me. It never will be. <sighs> well, you know what? We could go on and on about this fucking movie and our fucking personal thoughts about it. But the original intent of this episode was to cover uh, the extended cut and what all was different in, different in the extended cut. Um, gosh, the only thing we have left to even touch upon is the Karen kill scene, which we talked about the only difference, you know, in it being, uh, the, the ending that they should have stuck with, uh, an actual difference between the Karen kill scene and the extended cut. There's like a, a second or two's worth of extra slashes that Myers gets in on Karen and that's it. Other than that, there is no difference between the Karen kill scene, uh, you know, the extended kill scene or the extended end ending scene is him making the, the phone call or him accepting the phone call, I should say, from Laurie Strode, which is the ending we all agree, you know, they should have stuck with because it, you know, it it screams of more substance, uh, especially taking into account when you're going to jump four years in the future. It screams of having more substance to the ending than the theatrical ending did. And other than that, I mean, bam. That's that's your Halloween extended kills, you know, $20 purchase. Oh, there are some featurettes. Uh, there are some featurettes that, you know, show the actors uh, talking behind the scenes and, you know, off the scene, off camera in the background. Uh, there's a featurette that shows... Uh, the sets and the, and, the, and the houses of Haddonfield and how they're all built onto an enclosed movie set. Um, other than that, and personally speaking, I think that David Gordon Green had to have a Rob Zombie's Halloween uh, moment when uh, the young uh, little boy Lonnie uh, harkens or has, has, his, uh, has his encounter with the Delaney's uh, I swear, man, I just I, I, I swear when I saw that, I was like, I'm watching the scene and how it plays out and, and, and just the attitude of those fucking kids. Oh, and I'm like, God. I'm like, dude, these kids are fucking horrible. This scene belongs in Rob Zombie's Halloween, not here. OK, because I'm sorry, unless you're and, and, and unless you were growing up white trash. OK. If you were a kid in 1978, you didn't have neighbor kids like that, okay? You just didn't. Granted, uh, I was born in 79, a year past 78, but I had an older sister that was born in 1971, and she can confer for you. Uh, unless you were white trash, okay? Um, your kids, you didn't have kids or neighbor kids that acted like that. In 1978, you just didn't. So, like I said, I, I guess David Gordon Green felt compelled to, you know, pay tribute to Rob Zombie's offerings with, you know, with those neighbor kids and that fucking flashback scene. Well, since they, well, since they borrowed so much from the franchise and they're trying to get everything in, maybe that was their way of showing a little love to the Rob Zombie series is making characters like that. And that's exactly what I took it as. But at the same time, I was still like, dude, this has no business being here. Right. I mean, the kids that did have business being there, if you want to talk about, you know, kids ridiculing other kids. OK, uh, the kids, Lonnie's group, the other two kids in Lonnie's group that were harassing, you know, Tommy Doyle with his, with his pumpkin in, in the original Halloween. That's the kind of childlike ridicule and harassment you got from little kids, you know, that were still in grade school. Okay. We're not talking about middle school kids. We're talking about grade school kids. Okay. That's the kind of, you know, ridicule that you should have gotten, you know, uh, from other kids in that time frame, in that time period, not the Rob Zombie version kids like you got with the Delaney's and O'Doyle. Like really? Right. Yep. 
but yeah, yeah other other than all that you know folks if you if you if you offer up your twenty dollars uh that's what you got you got a couple of featurettes you got some extended kill scenes no pun intended and um you got a a morgue scene reminiscent of uh john carpenter and body bags and um you got uh you got a little lonnie hedge scene which also had no business not being included agreed you know it's it's kind of mind-boggling you know what they decided to either cut shorten or get rid of and here's the thing what, what doesn't make sense to me and then we can we can end it on this but you have films out there that are three and four hours long at times. I know those are special rare occasions. We're not, we're not asking for that. I mean, I, I know some people are like, Oh, I could watch a three hour Halloween film. Yeah, probably I could too, but we're talking about an extra 10 minutes at most. What was the purpose of cutting anything? Are you, are, are you trying to trim it down to meet some guideline or something? Or like, why does it, why does why do those scenes have to be omitted at all if you're trying to tell it in the context of the story it just doesn't that's the thing that's never made any sense about any film to me it's like film is a is a medium that is actually pretty unique in the sense that you don't have those timetables like you like like you have a 60 minute murder mystery show or a 30 minute sitcom where you have these designated time slots that you have to fit in all your advertisers with movies. They're meant to be long. They're meant to be expounded on. They're meant to just carry on and tell your story. That's why they're there. So that's why it's never made sense to me. Like where we have these deleted scenes or, you know, alternate scenes. It's like, fuck just put them in the movie who who's 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 making you cut them out it doesn't make any sense and in this particular case uh at this point i mean like i said other than the featurettes okay the fans got barely an additional four minutes of film footage so at this point, I'm left to conclude that the only reason why that these barely four minutes of film stock were cut out of the theatrical release was purely uh, money-based so that two months later, they could say, hey, come give us an extra $20 for four minutes worth of extra film stock and some featurettes. Because let's face it, like you just alluded to, in this particular case, we're talking about barely four minutes of film footage. So seriously, did the four minutes really change what you ended up getting? I mean, for those of us that have watched the theatrical cut and then the extended cut film versions, did you really feel like they were that damn different to where, oh man, I can so tell the difference. Yeah. It's oh, not man. like that made it such a different fucking movie, man. It's not like it was the Halloween six producers cut versus the Halloween six theatrical cut. You it's know, not like it was the Lord of Rings extended cut. Well, I didn't see that. So it was already too long for me. I'm sorry. I'm one of those people <laughs> that didn't get into those movies, but well, I was I was a fan of the books, man. So when the movies came out, it's like I had to see the movies. And yeah, I mean, when you're talking about when you're talking about those movies, you're talking about anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes worth of additional footage. So I mean, yeah, that's something that totally adds something to the movie that was not in it before. Here we're talking about barely. And I do mean it came in just under four minutes of additional fucking film stock. So it's like, really? what other reasoning would you have for trimming off barely four minutes worth of footage and, and, and throwing in some featurettes other than to, you know, have a second payday? Yeah. No, I mean, from a marketing business aspect, I mean, trust me, I get it. You know, I don't want to sound like in like one of those morons that doesn't understand 
basic marketing and business sense. I mean, fuck, you know, I, I ran a marketing company, so I mean, I, I better know something about it, but in the sense of trying to get an, another $20, I mean, if there's deleted scenes, like completely deleted scenes out of this film that you didn't in, ex, even put on to the extended cut or whatever it was, then I could probably understand coming out with a new DVD. Hey, check out our new deleted scene inserted into the film type thing. But to get what we got, it was just like, fuck, you could have put that in easily. Exactly. Ultimately, what difference would it ended up making? It would have made for a, a, a couple of scenes that were a few seconds longer. And that's it. A few scenes that would have been a few seconds longer in each case, totaling up to less than a full four minutes worth of film. Yep. Big fucking diff. Agreed. Thanks for listening.